Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Well, hello and a big welcome to everyone. So glad that you can join us. Well, you know what to do. He's risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Well, today we are looking at hope. And our series over this Easter weekend is Hope is Alive. Hope is a, is a word that we, that we use a lot, isn't it? We might say something like, I hope you feel better soon. Or maybe recently you've said things like, I hope Zoom works this week. We use the word hope when we're thinking about our dreams and the future. We might say something like, I hope to one day write a book. Or I hope to one day go and travel. We also say things like, I hope I don't get a parking ticket, or I hope I pass the test that I haven't even studied for. Hope used in this way is more like a a wishful thinking, fluffy type of hope. And hope like this is fine when life is fine. But what about when life gets turned upside down? What about when trouble comes? What about when disappointments knock and when setbacks arrive? When this happens, a wishful thinking, fluffy type of hope doesn't seem to cut it. In moments of crisis and trouble, we need something certain to cling to. We need something solid to hold to, something concrete that we can stand on. Well, today I have some good news. There is something solid. There is something concrete. There is something firm that you and I can stand on at this time and it is available to us all. And it's called resurrection. Resurrection hope is not some kind of wishful thinking or fluffy type of hope. Rather, it is a firm and secure hope. It's not a hope-so hope. It's a no-so hope. It's the certainty guaranteed by God himself because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Hours before Jesus was arrested and began his journey to the cross, he said this in John chapter 16, verses 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I love this. Because here we see that Jesus is sharing with us two realities that are both true at the very same time. The first is this, that we will experience trouble in this world. Following Jesus doesn't make us immune to trouble. We currently find ourselves in a time of real challenge for many people. But even when we see the back of COVID-19, trouble will just come in some other way. Another challenge will come. Trouble and challenges are always just around the corner for us. Our world can be a a nasty place sometimes. At some point, we will all face sadness, grief, death, loss, uncertainty, sickness and anxiety. So let us not be surprised by trouble and challenges. 
But then Jesus speaks about a second reality that is true at the same time, and that is the reality of resurrection. Jesus says, For I have overcome the world. When Jesus took upon himself the weight of this world's sin, and then he burst through death itself into new creation, Jesus won a victory and established a new reality, a reality that we call resurrection. So despite how things sometimes may appear, resurrection is the reality of how things actually are and how things ultimately one day will be. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 7, as we read through the events of that first Resurrection Sunday and unpack further this hope that resurrection brings. So Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. It says this, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, before we go any further... It is important to say that what we have just read is a story about resurrection, not one about resuscitation. Jesus wasn't just resuscitated back to his old life only to go and die again at some point later on. No, Jesus was resurrected. That is, Jesus went through death and came out the other side raised with a new resurrected body. Therefore, defeating the power of evil and death in the world and in your life. And then he ascended into heaven where he lives and reigns as king forever. That is resurrection. And the first thing that I want us to see today is that the, the hope of this news, the hope of resurrection, is that God wants to touch and to transform your life. Today, he wants to do that with the hope of resurrection. You see, for Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, the world had become a very cruel place and their hopes were dashed when they lost their friend and Jesus was crucified. They were coming to the tomb where they placed him. They were coming weeping. They were coming mourning and wondering who would roll away this stone. They were coming to anoint Jesus' body so to lessen the smell of the decomposition. But when they arrived at the tomb, they were amazed and shocked to find that Jesus was not there, that the stone had been rolled away and that he was risen. These women came to the tomb disappointed and in despair, but they left touched by the hope of resurrection. 
We read in other gospel accounts that they left filled with joy because they had seen the Lord. The hope of resurrection touched and transformed the disciples and Peter too. Like the women, the disciples were left hopeless when Jesus died. For them, the world felt like a place of broken promises and unfulfilled dreams. Just another failed Messiah, they thought to themselves. On top of this, they were also left carrying the disappointment of their own fear and failure after fleeing and deserting Jesus when he needed them most when he was being arrested. And then there was Peter. There was probably no one more overwhelmed with despair and hopelessness than Peter. Just days prior, despite saying boastfully that he would never fall away from Jesus, Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. Peter had turned his back on the one who had loved him. And these actions haunted Peter. And Peter, when he realised his failure, we read that he broke down and wept bitterly. But when the disciples and Peter heard of the news of resurrection, when they saw him, when they touched him, it all began to click for them. They began to, this sorrow began to be swallowed up in joy as they realised that Jesus hadn't abandoned them, that Jesus hadn't forgotten them, and that their failures weren't fatal. Their failures weren't the end of the story. And they were filled with hope once more. The assurance of resurrection, with its hope of forgiveness and restoration, couldn't have been more needed for Peter and the disciples. And the hope of resurrection touched and transformed Peter and the disciples in such a great way that fear left them and that they were filled with boldness and they went out to proclaim the good news, the message, the hope of resurrection to the world. You see, the resurrection of Jesus turned the worst Friday into the Good Friday that has been celebrated for millennia. And the good news is that God wants to touch and transform your life. And he wants to do that with the hope of resurrection today. See, resurrection announces that God hasn't given up on you. No matter how much disappointment, discouragement, failure or despair that you are experiencing right now, you need to know that you are not abandoned by God. You are not forgotten by God. Your failures aren't the end of your story. Whatever way that death or despair has you in its grip at the moment, it is not the end of the story. They will not win and have the last word. Resurrection means that your best days are, are still ahead of you. Because of Jesus' triumph over sin and death, you and I can trust that every disappointing storyline in our lives, every crushing circumstance, every confounding and confusing reality, we can trust it all to the God who transformed Friday's, who transformed Friday's defeat into a timeless victory. Secondly, because of the resurrection, we now have a new supernatural power source for today. It's easy at this time to become so overwhelmed that we forget that our God is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. 
And that the same power that conquered the grave is in and available to each of us. In Romans 8.11 we read this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And in Ephesians 1, Paul prays this prayer for us all. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The same power, did you see that? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is alive in you and I today. God's resurrection power is in us. And this power at work in us allows us to overcome the power of sin, temptation, to overcome challenges, weaknesses, and despair. Thirdly, resurrection is good news for you and I because it means that we no longer have to fear death. You see, death carries with it a certain dread, doesn't it? Because we never actually know when death will come for us. But because death wasn't the end of the story, death won't be the end of the story for anyone who has their trust in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 18 to 19, Paul writes this. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up. The first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. And in John 11, 25, 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, you shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And speaking to a group of people experiencing terrible persecution, Peter wrote these words of hope in 1 Peter 1, 3-5. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Church, death is a great enemy, but it is an enemy that has been defeated. Death is something that as followers of Jesus, we no longer need to fear. Because what God has done for Jesus in raising him from the dead, God will do for all of those who have placed their trust in him. And finally, this morning, Resurrection means this, that God's kingdom has been launched on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, you and I have an urgent and an important job to do. Let's take a look back at Mark 16 and, and look, at verse, look at verse 8. We read this. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Wow, we've been journeying through Mark for the last eight weeks, and that's the ending? That's the ending? They said nothing to anyone 
because they were afraid. At first, this seems like such an unsatisfactory finish to the book of Mark, doesn't it? They said nothing because they were afraid. But on a second look, Mark's ending is actually genius. Why? Because it's actually so relatable to many of us. Like the women here, we too at times experience fearful silence when it comes to sharing the hope of Jesus. By leaving the women's fearful silence hanging, Mark has caused us to ask some important questions. And that is, what will be our response to the good news of resurrection? Will we retreat in fear and silence? Or will we go forward and proclaim the good news, the hope of resurrection? Clearly, for these women, fearful silence was not where it ended for them. Despite their fear, they went on and proclaimed the news of resurrection and the gospel went forward. Look at Matthew 28, verses 8. We see this here. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet what? Yet filled with joy, they ran to tell his disciples. I love that, don't you? Afraid, yet filled with joy. Through the women's faithfulness to go and tell, the Easter message was launched, and you and I are here today as a result. Our world, more than ever, is in need of resurrection hope. God's mission is in the hands of ordinary people like you and me, those who at times may be afraid but are filled with joy. Today is not a time for the church to shrink back. Rather, it's a time for us to celebrate all the more, to share the hope of resurrection even more, and to do it in such a way that people in astonished wonder will think to themselves, wow, God is alive. God is not dead. I want to leave today with one of my favorite quotes from N.T. Wright about Easter. And this is what he says. It's going to be on the screen for you to have a look at. It says this, Easter ought to be an eight-day festival with champagne served after morning prayer or even before, with lots of alleluias and extra hymns and spectacular anthems. Is it any wonder people find it hard to believe in the resurrection of Jesus if we don't throw our hats in the air? This is our greatest day. This is our greatest day. In a moment, we're going to come together and we're going to worship. But just before we, we do that, we believe as a church that God's greatest gift is a life-changing experience of Jesus. And that the best decision that anyone can make is a decision to say yes to following him. Maybe you are here today and you have sensed God at work in your life and you want to make a decision to follow him for the first day for the, and for the first time. You want to know and experience the hope of Jesus that has been spoken about today. You want to be filled with his spirit. You want to know the, that your destiny is sure in him. 
Well, to be made whole or to be saved is to submit to God and his plans and his purposes for our lives. It is a turning away from our old ways and turning to Jesus and asking him for forgiveness for our sins and coming and filling us with his spirit to give us a new and a fresh life. If you are not sure that whether you have trusted in Jesus or you just know today that you need to make this decision, then you can choose to pray along with me a prayer of surrender just in a moment. And so if this is you today, if you know that you need to make this decision to trust Jesus, if you truly want this to be your greatest day, then would you join me in prayer? The prayer will be on the screen so that you can say these words along with me at this time. Let's read this together. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that real life and hope is found in you alone. I am sorry for living life my own way, and I trust you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace for me, and I ask that you would be my king. Help me trust in you and love you every day, and help me to show the world what you are like and how great your love is. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. If you prayed that prayer, what a wonderful prayer to pray. If you prayed this with a surrendered heart to Jesus, then this is the beginning of a new journey for you, a wonderful and exciting journey of hope following Jesus. It's the most important journey that you will embark on, a journey of following him. And we would love to hear from you. We would love to know that you have made this decision today to follow him. We would love to get around you, to pray for you, to support you, and to continue to enable and equip you to follow Jesus. And so to do this, there's a couple of things that you can do. You can simply click the I commit my life to Jesus button that will appear in the comment section. That will help us to know that you've made that decision and that we can follow up and support you. The other way is if you're on Facebook, you can just leave a comment or you can message us in Facebook Messenger and that way we will know and we would love to be able to connect with you and to help you in this exciting decision. You can also visit thehub.rbc.org.au and let us know there by clicking the Accept Jesus button. Well... What a wonderful time together today. Let us come now and let us respond to this great news and hope by worshipping together. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.